Oregon Employment First, supporting people with intellectual and developmental disabilities to work in community jobs. Learn more at iWorkWeSucceed.org. Hi, and welcome to the Oregon Employment First podcast. I'm Angela Yeager with Employment First. This week, we are talking about how and when to refer to vocational rehabilitation. Joining me today is Derek Hill, vocational rehabilitation counselor in the Portland metro area, and Allison Enriquez, policy analyst with the Office of Developmental Disability Services. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. So um, Derek and Allison are here sort of on a little bit of different topics, but related. So Derek, we're going to talk to you first today about how and when to refer to vocational rehabilitation. We get a lot of questions about this in developmental disability services, and and we really want to get that vocational rehabilitation perspective on this on this question. So first of all, let's start at a baseline. How does vocational rehabilitation get a referral? Typically, vocational rehabilitation gets referrals through public orientation, uh, but we do have a relationship with developmental disability services. So uh, case managers, service coordinators, or personal agents from uh, developmental disability services can directly refer uh, people that that they're working with that are assigned to them on their caseloads. So uh, that's a nice step where somebody with a developmental disability can kind of skip the public orientation and they go directly to having an intake meeting with a vocational rehabilitation counselor like myself. And so we kind of give a one-on-one explanation of the program to see if the services are a good fit for them. Have you heard about Employment Outcome System? Doesn't sound exciting, I know, but it is. The Employment Outcome System, or EOS, website puts you in control. Go to OregonEOS.org and you can look at info and outcomes for agencies providing employment services to people with developmental disabilities in Oregon. You can look up providers in your county and compare their numbers on employment services. Great. So. One of the reasons, besides your awesome personality, of course, that we asked you to be here today is you have an interesting perspective. You've been a case manager in the developmental disability world, and now, of course, you're with vocational rehabilitation. So when you were a personal agent uh, in developmental disabilities, when and how did you refer people to vocational rehabilitation at that time? Uh, I I think really... It's changed a little bit. I've been with VR for uh, over four years now. Um, prior to that, I I referred people to vocational rehabilitation as a personal agent. Um, you know, really, when people had an interest to work, I don't I don't think that that's changed greatly. I think with employment first, the um, service model and what's available to individuals is is changed. There's a few more options on the table. Um, so, you know, as as a personal agent, as a PA, usually it was uh, if I had met with a, a client or um, individual. Uh, at their ISP meeting, at their service plan meeting, and they had said that, uh, you know, that they wanted to work, but they needed some support in doing it. Uh, we'd kind of explore vocational rehabilitation to see if there might be some some support there for them. So, you know, re- really based off of, of uh, people's interests, I think probably what's changed in that time is that it's a more structured with a career development plan. Those discussions are a little more structured than when I used to have them. But, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think that the na- that it's changed greatly. Okay. Do you or someone in your family experience an intellectual or developmental disability and want to learn more about Oregon's employment services for people with disabilities? Tune in to the Oregon Employment First podcast on the first and third Tuesday of each month. 
hear about employment success stories and learn from experts and people working in the field about what is happening in Oregon to support people with developmental disabilities to work in community jobs. So now that you're a counselor with vocational rehabilitation, how and when do you typically get referrals? And more importantly, I think for our listeners, how would you, what would you prefer? So I guess what, so how do you typically get referrals and what, how would you really prefer to get referrals? Mm -hmm. So uh, vocational rehabilitation offices can be a, a little different throughout the state on how they uh, handle referrals. So mm -hmm. I'm more speaking for the Clackamas County branch. It's, I think, getting more standardized with time. But, um, you know, we actually have a form out there that uh, the case managers need to fill out uh, for the de developmental disability services. It's a one page form with demographic information about the individual that they're directly referring. Uh, and then they send it into our office and um, our office just looks at capa counselor capacity, who, how we can get that person in the fastest in terms of our intakes. And so they're kind of scheduled across the office that way. So um, I don't really have a lot of um, control in how I get the referrals. We have a few partnership <coughs> few partnership programs that that do refer in. Um, but again, they kind of go into that generalized uh, distribution of work. So, um, you know, I mean, I think really just looking as a VR counselor that's going to meet with somebody for a direct referral to vocational rehabilitation, I think the most important thing is, uh, you know, that that person has a, a good support team in place. Uh, you know, that they have uh, support if they need it. Not everybody does, but to get to meetings, to follow through on VR services. Uh, if they have, um, you know, support protocols in place, that those protocols are current and available. Um, that a behavior support plan, if one of those is in existence, that that's available and that that information comes with the individual to the intake. Um, that really helps uh, from our perspective um, in terms of, of uh, you know, being able to uh, get things moving quickly on our end. So, so yeah, just really that the support support team behind the person is organized. That's really essential. So what does a good referral look like? You kind of addressed this in your previous answer, but let's talk about that in a little bit more detail. Mm -hmm. You know, when you, what would be sort of like the dream referral for you as it's coming in the door? Yeah. Um, I, well, I think so. All those things I talked about, you know, if the person does have support documents, that those are available. Um, if they do have any doc medical documentation that we can use to, uh, to establish their eligibility, that's really helpful. I think a lot of case managers um, in developmental disability services don't realize that, you know, VR is going, vocational rehabilitation is going to do its own eligibility. And we prefer and need to have kind of first source medical documentation. So if the person has psychological evaluations or medical records that they have um, from their doctors, we'll have to request those. If they have some available that they can bring to the intake meeting, uh, that will also help VR uh, speed up the eligibility. So, mm -hmm. so I guess in terms of there's the, the developmental disability documentation along with the medical documentation and kind of having all of that stuff ready. Uh, the individual being, um, you know, vocational rehabilitation talks about motivated, ready, and reliable. Those are the three qualities that we're looking for in what we call participants uh, in order to kind of move them forward and get them into employment. So just having that individual that is is really motivated uh, to show up, you know, that's 90% of the 
reason I see people not be successful in vocational rehabilitation is that they don't make scheduled appointments or they don't return phone calls. Uh, so really, um, you know, that they're motivated, that they're reliable. Um, those are those are kind of the uh, the main qualities in, in addition to the documentation. And of course, I would assume also documentation of work uh, history. Would that also happen at the referral or is that at a different point? Uh, we gather some of that in our service questionnaire. It has uh, people fill out their work history. Um, some people come in with resumes and that's great. You know, we can look at and uh, review the resume at intake and see what they've done and where they're hoping to go. Um, some people don't have that. And, and then we work on, you know, developing it with them. So it just, yeah, we definitely employment history, having a sense of uh, dates as, as specifically as they can be of where they've worked and that kind of thing is, is really helpful. The Oregon Employment First podcast explores topics centered on employment for Oregonians with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Field staff, providers, Oregon employers, people with disabilities and their families may be interested in topics ranging from the history of Employment First in Oregon to how to have the employment conversation from a case management perspective. The Oregon Employment First podcast airs bi-monthly on the first and third Tuesday of each month. Tune in. Yeah. And so finally, for the last question regarding vocational rehabilitation specific referrals. So if someone is in the process of discovery, and this is a question we get a lot uh, from throughout the state, um, people are applying this unevenly. So when should a person come to vocational rehabilitation? You know, do we hear we hear at the beginning of discovery yeah. before they've even started discovery at the end of discovery? So what what is your preference as yeah. a as a vocational rehabilitation counselor? Well, yeah, and I think that's a good point, Angela, that you make that it's my preference. Um, I know personally, um, you know, having, you know, been the specific developmental disability counselor in VR for a while and, and from my, my past, I'm sure my view varies from other people's a little bit. But I think really just having, for me, um, if if the service coordinator, personal agent, that case manager knows that a discovery is likely and that the person wants to do discovery, um, that they found a provider uh, that will start that process with them. Um, that I think that's huge for me. That makes life um, a lot more easier in terms of the flow of VR services. If if the person's already connected to an agency that's willing to do discovery, um, so I don't, you know, I think that that would be a good time to refer to VR as soon as the discovery started because we have paperwork on the VR end. You know, because if the discovery runs two to three months, we have paperwork on the VR end that we can be doing so that the minute that discovery is over, we can move forward with um, a VR a vocational rehabilitation plan for employment, which is kind of like going to be the start of job search and that based off of what the discovery said. The one caveat that I would say to that is um, that I really caution uh, developmental disability case managers when they're making a referral to discovery. Um, the biggest pitfall I've seen there is is you they really need to be careful about finding an agency that's willing to do the long-term support that understands that person's um, that person's ongoing support needs, if it's going to be like 50% job coaching, uh, ongoing or something like that, that they found an agency that 
commits to that and that that's the agency that they uh, choose to that the individual chooses for discovery so that, you know, we have a continuity of service and and we don't have an agency that just works with somebody for a discovery, but then doesn't want to follow through on the vocational rehabilitation job development end because they don't have oftentimes the capacity to job coach that person. And I understand and Allison weigh in here that it is best practice really for the discovery provider to also provide job coaching because they've already gotten to know that person through discovery. So it makes sense then for that to go into job development for that person. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, the intent of the service of discovery is really to launch someone into job development and then job coaching. And so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. So I think um, this this segues nicely into our next topic, which is the uniform referral and release, which Derek said he's not too familiar with. So he's going to also help me to grill Allison about this subject a little bit. But it's very much related to this topic of referral because we're hearing across the state that there's um, con- you know maybe some confusion in the field or uneven practices in the field, um, both on the developmental disability side and the vocational rehabilitation side. And then, of course, we have our partners with education. So, Allison, you've been working on uniform referral and release uh, for a while now. It's been a, a huge part of your life, uh, you've mentioned, for the last year. So tell tell us what it is exactly. Yeah, excited to see it um, sort of launch and take flight soon. Um, but, yeah, we've been working with uh, Employment First stakeholders from Vocational Rehabilitation Services, Developmental Disabilities, and Education in order to um, develop uh, the uniform referral and release of information tools um, that can be piloted. And actually, we've seen a lot of um, interest from other partner agencies um, thinking that, you know, this might also be a good tool if someone needs a referral, has been working at WorkSource and needs a referral to vocational rehabilitation and um, maybe DD2 um, for employment services. Um, but it was after sort of a recommendation from stakeholders that worked to um, develop up uh, referral and release of information as part of the um, efforts to seamlessly transition um, individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities from education um, into work um, and how to seamlessly do that. And some of the local employment first teams um, had developed a, um, a referral and release and um, some of those tools have been working really well. And how do we take that information and share it with um, other regions? But some of the feedback too has definitely been um, there's value in making sure the uniform piece to it that um, almost some people saying we don't care what it is we just want to know that we're all in agreement and it's been vetted and developed and reviewed and piloted and tested and some of those other things too so um, that's why you know we've worked to develop this with stakeholders and pilot it for a while and then um, hopefully can take it statewide so you've been you're still in the pilot process right now is that correct yeah. Um, and so we tested an initial version um, earlier in the year and we are um, made a lot of changes and updates and um, based on feedback from the pilot teams and stakeholders more broadly. And so right now we have a second version um, that we hope that is con- we're continuing to test um, with pilot teams that are in Marion County, Multnomah and I'm sorry, not. Multnomah, Marion County, um, Jackson County, and Umatilla. Umatilla, um, okay, yeah, great. They've been providing a lot of great feedback. Um, and yeah, so we hope to 
be able to have it available to take statewide in the earlier part of next year. So how will the referral and release uh, help vocational rehabilitation and developmental disability services? One thing that I think is nice about it um, is that it allows um, for a referral to be made to either vocational rehabilitation or ODDS um, or both multiple agencies simultaneously um, and should reduce um, the amount of paperwork that a person needs to complete for the various agencies um, and then reduce the amount of time that people need to spend following up um, in order to get a signed release from um, a person. So what's nice is the referral tool itself um, it can, uh, the person that's supporting the person to make a referral, it can identify all of the information that exists, like you're saying protocols um, or a behavior support plan. Um, if it already exists, um, it also might just serve as a um, sort of menu of things that might be developed during the course of employment services. Um, and so, that used in combination with the release of information allows you to identify all the members of the person's support team. Um, and then the person can very, from the very beginning up front, when they say, I want employment services, they can decide, I want, to, I, I want employment services, I want support to get a job, and I agree for all of my team um, to share information about me in order to help me get a job. And they can decide that up front, um, and there then isn't the need to necessarily um, uh, do multiple other releases that kind of slow down the process down the road. Um, and also hopefully decreases the redundancy that sometimes if information already exists and then the referral to a new agency is made and then the person finds themselves in a type of working experience when um, that information might already exist elsewhere and making sure that that information kind of gets translated from agency to agency. So it sounds like for the person on the receiving end, the person receiving services, uh, the consumer, that this would maybe expedite the process or speed things up a little bit. Are there other benefits to the the person receiving services for of the uniform referral? Yeah, I think you know what we're hoping is that. Uh, you know, services won't be delayed um, due to unnecessarily duplication of having to recreate the information. Um, and then, yeah, the redundant or duplicative efforts. Um, we do hope that it'll streamline or expedite services for, for both the person and um, their uh, those that are coordinating employment services, because there is, it's um, hopefully more streamlined that there's not uh, having to spend extra time following up to get information, that that information is clearly identified in the referral tool and that that information comes with the person when uh, they go to the VR for their first intake appointment. That's great. So mm -hmm. it's all about streamlining the process, making things easier on for the consumer as well as for the people working in the field. Um, so again, uh, tell us, Allison, when is this expected to roll out? I know it's being piloted at the moment. Do you have a, you don't have to have an exact date, but just a thereabouts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so hopefully, we're hoping for early 2019. Um, we're definitely excited about the work that Marianne Jackson and Umatilla are doing in order okay. to test these tools. So it might already be out by the time people hear this. So that's yeah. great. Okay. Well, Allison and Derek, thank you so much for joining us on the Employment First podcast, and thank you for listening. Need help planning your road to work? Go to roadtowork.org and.gov 
and create your customized course to a job using available services and supports. That's Road to Work with the number 2.oregon.gov.